three tough-looking men on motorbikes pulled up to a roadside cafe. Inside they found only one waitress, the cook and one lorry driver. A man who was small in stature compared to them. A man quietly eating his lunch and minding his own business. The bikers were angry because a lorry had cut them off several miles back and so they decided to take their anger out on the innocent lorry driver in front of them. They knocked into his table. They pushed his plate onto the floor and they started shouting at him. The lorry driver responded by quietly getting up, paying for his food and walking out. Unhappy that they hadn't succeeded in provoking the man into a fight, one of the bikers said to the waitress, he wasn't much of a man, was he? The waitress replied, I guess not. Then looking out the window, she added, I guess he's not much of a lorry driver either. He just ran over three motorbikes on his way out of the car park. It's probably safe to say that we all love the type of stories where someone gets one over on the bully. When it looks as if there are, the odds are stacked against them and it doesn't look as if they're going to stand a chance. But somehow the underdog manages to come out on top. And some would put the story of David and Goliath in that bracket. I sometimes wonder, though, if over the years of hearing this story, we've tended to simplify David's encounter with Goliath, focusing on the fact that Goliath totally underestimated David based on his outward appearance. He was young, he had no armour, he carried no sword. In some ways, we might also have seen it as an action story featuring a teenage boy armed only with a sling and five smooth stones. The underdog, if you like, taking on the Philistine champion who is described as a giant of a man who's spewing threats. But not only is Goliath a big man, we read of a man who is strong and powerful a skilled warrior kitted out with what was for his time the most up-to-date modern weaponry. And it would appear that an entire army was so fearful of him that no one was willing to take him on on one-to-one -one combat with winner-takes-all stakes. Even enticements from their king, Saul, such as wealth, his daughter's hand in marriage, never having to pay taxes again, brought any volunteers. And then the boy David came on the scene. If we've heard the story before, then in our mind's eye, we tend to fill in the rest of the story, which we didn't read this morning. We see this young boy with his sling stepping up, hurling the stone and killing this giant of a man, this enemy of Israel and Judah and God, and winning the day for his king and country and God. We tend to miss out the bit where we're told that after David felled Goliath, he then ran over to where he lay, stood over him, took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath, and after he killed him, he cut off his head. We gloss over the part that says he took the head with him to Jerusalem, about 15 miles away, a, a good day's walk and that he took Goliath's weapons to his own tent as trophies, his, his sword, his spear and his javelin. 
But that's after the men of Israel and Judah surged forward to chase and kill and plunder the camp of the retreating Philistine army. It's easy to think this famous story is just about a young boy against a warrior giant. But I think there's more to the story that we might miss if we view it like this, or just see it as a lead-in to Saul being replaced by David as king. Nor do I think we should just think of it being about David's sling versus Goliath's state-of-the-art weaponry. And I don't even think we should view it as just being about the weak against the strong. After all, what makes us think David was weak? He told Saul, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Chasing a bear or a lion and killing it, does that really sound weak or small to you? No, I don't think strength versus weakness is the point of the story. Sometimes I wonder if we think like that because we fall into the trap of thinking that David's sling was some kind of toy. It wasn't. It was a weapon. And David was from the tribe of Benjamin, a tribe that was known to have an elite core of slingers. Judges 20 tells us there were 700 select troops from the tribe of Benjamin who were left-handed, each of whom could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. And we're talking hair of the head here, not the hopping about on the ground type of hair. Oh, and the stones travelled at about 60 miles an hour when leaving the sling and could cover about 400 yards. Now, I, I think the point I want to highlight today is that David stood against God's enemy and that his boldness in doing so came from his faith in the Lord his God, believing in him, willing to take this risk and step out, certain that God was going to be with him. David said, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And before that word faith scares us and we start questioning whether we have enough faith, I once heard a definition of faith that goes like this. Faith is belief plus unbelief and acting on the belief part. The difference between David and Saul and his soldiers was not that he had faith and that they had doubts or that they had doubts and he had none. The difference was this. David acted on his belief and put aside any doubts while they acted on their doubts and put aside their belief. So here's a challenging question for us today. Who, as a church, are we like? Are we Saul or are we David? By Saul, I mean we know God has called us, but we're not convinced that he's with us, leading us and encouraging us. And so we're reluctant to take risks because we think there's no way we can defeat any of the Goliaths of our day. Or are we a David, prepared to take risks, to step out believing that God is bigger than every situation, that he will be with us for the battle is his? 
And what do I mean by the Goliaths of our day? Well, as we look around our world, there are many to spot. Poverty, drugs, apathy, abuse, neglect, greed, selfishness, to name but a few. And they come in various guises. And it's true that when confronted by them, these problems can seem huge. And we might feel small in the face of them. But the world, believe it or not, really does need us needs the church as a prophetic voice which is willing to stand against the way millions are forced to live their lives, to speak out against injustice, giving a voice to those who have no voice. The story of David and Goliath is so much more than a story of an underdog triumphing. It contains a profound truth about God, that we follow a God who is on the side of the oppressed and the, the marginalised. A God who can be counted on in the struggle against injustice. And that's an important truth that many need to hear. By his faith, David was able to defeat Goliath. By our faith, we too can do amazing things. As a church, our mission is to transform the world around us and every time we gather, we should do so with a growing confidence in God's plans and purposes for us and a realisation that God has not yet finished with us.